Hi, ladies. Welcome back to Rich Little Broke Girls, the podcast and female collective for aspiring housewives and CEOs. I'm your host and founder, Kimberly Indebizu, aka Slim Kim, Slim Kimmy. And today I'm sitting down with my friends and favorite female founders, Sabrina Sade and Jade Beglin, the founders of 4AM Skin. They have built something magical around minimalism, less is more. They created the routine, which is a rise and a rest serum. And the whole notion is that you don't need a million products and you don't need to be playing chemist on your face for skincare to work for you. Their tagline is late nights, early mornings, because it's really the skincare that you can use when you roll into the house after an after party and you wash off your makeup and you just need to throw something on so that you don't wake up looking like a zombie. 4AM is the skincare brand for you. I've been watching these girls build this brand since 2019. They have really done the damn thing. A lot of great press, Vogue, W Magazine, Business Insider. They have something like a cult following. All the TikTok girlies are obsessed with 4AM and I am obsessed with the founders. So I'm very happy to have them on Rich Little Broke Girls for today's episode. Before we get into it, I do want to let you know that... At the beginning of this episode, there were like a little bit of technical difficulties with Sabrina's track, so her volume is a little weird, but if you just want to jump into the conversation, um, you can jump ahead to about like seven minutes and we'll really just get into talking about the brand, but obviously in Rich Little Broke Girls fashion, I love to catch up with the ladies and they're going to tell me all about Morpheus 8 because they just got some crazy procedure and they showed up with dots all over their face, so they're going to tell me that in the beginning of the episode, and then we'll jump into how they're building the brand, how to just get started and honestly say, fuck you, I'm going to be cringe and I'm going to self-promote on my socials because I want to be successful. Um, We'll also obviously get into beauty secrets. What are the girls doing? What are the girls not doing? Is lipo good for you? Uh, What are the actual side effects of Ozempic? And what's going to happen to all the ladies that are shooting this shit up every week? I love these two girlies and I can't wait for you guys to enjoy the conversation. So guys, I'm sitting here with my absolute favorite skincare founders. Honestly, the hottest party girls turned founders, just bosses. I would consider you guys like New York socialites. Do you agree? Are we allowed to agree with that? But hey, I mean, if you want to call I would say that you guys are kind of socialites. Like you're out and about. You're always in the mix. Like you know what's hot. You know what's not. You know what's like trending. You're like, that's not in anymore. And anytime I go to like your content or your pages, it's just like, okay, maybe I should try this or "Mm, maybe I I shouldn't be doing that anymore. And I feel like that's kind of what you guys represent right now. I'll take that. Okay, so how are you guys? Like, how are you feeling? How's life right now? I'm feeling very, like, grateful for my life recently, but not in a, not in a kind of choosy way. I'm casually grateful. grateful. Like, I'm kind of, it is what it is, and it could be worse, and I'm grateful for that. What was the one thing that happened, and you were like, I am so grateful for life? Yeah, right now it's definitely my apartment because I'm moving into my very first apartment solo. So this is like the first time I've ever lived by myself. I moved in yesterday. Oh my God, this is major. So there's still a lot of decorating 
to do, but it was so funny because I was writing the letter because it's a co-op, so I had to write a letter to the board and, and, and the owner in order to get approved. And I was thinking to myself, she's either going to think is the land the woman it's a woman who owns the place, um, but she, I don't think she's like a landlord. She's actually I like googled her. She's a filmmaker out in LA. Um, I thought to myself, if you Google me, she's either going to hate this, because <laughs> this is also the first time I've, apply I've even applied for any apartment without, like, with running my own business and not having a normal W-2 and stuff like that. Exactly. And you could be like, I work at this company and I do the, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, like, I had to write one of She your wrote my recommendation letter, one of my recommendations letter, because I, like, I needed boss. two professional, rec like, yeah. letters so I had her and my old manager write one, but I was like, if this they just Google me, I don't know. Did you consult ChatGPT on how to write this letter? Oh, yep. I wrote every single letter was written by ChatGPT. I was like, this is the perfect use I case. I love ChatGPT. I'm actually obsessed with ChatGPT. It's really just... I mean, a lot of the work is like figuring out what to do. Like a lot of writing is like figuring out how to write it. And so if you just like ask ChatGPT, like, hey, give me an outline for, I don't know, how to say thank you to someone. You know what I mean? Like there's so many formalities and a lot of it is like you just can't get over that hump. And then ChatGPT comes in and it's like, here, babe, I got you. It was perfect. Yeah. I always say... um, Re fuck what do I say I think I say rewrite for grammar or check for grammar something like that oh you oh need God. to do that yeah it's so good the most successful people they don't use periods they type in lowercase and it's just like a quick little just fire off you just see it all the time whereas like we have all the time in the world and we're like like you know we're not there yet we're almost there so we like think about everything and like exclamation point and so on and so forth okay but you guys were telling me right before we started this episode so obviously we'll get into 4am skin their skincare brand that is like killing it I mean you guys are absolutely killing it everybody knows about it everybody's trying it it's trending on TikTok and all the socials um but before we started the episode you guys said that you did something and I want to let the girls know you tried out some type of non-invasive procedure oh yeah so if, if on camera if anyone sees uh on camera not listening on like spotify or something we have dots on our face because we tried this procedure called morpheus 8 we went to one of our friends was hosting a launch with this new med spa in new york therapy clinic shout them, shout them out because they gave us a free procedure yeah I, I saw on their price sheet for their laser hair removal for like your underarm starts at 27 dollars and it's not like a sketchy studio. Wait, what? $27. Jade and I back to come and do a treatment with them. And we did this one called Morpheus 8, which is microneedling with radio frequency. And so it's, I mean, it's a huge device that they literally insert like 10 needles at a time into your face. And this is meant to like tighten your face, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're basically creating micro injuries in your collagen. So it's promoting like rebuilding of your collagen so it actually can help with like grafting of your face so it like makes it more plump makes you look a little younger and then it can actually go and like tighten any sagging skin we're not at all the target audience and it's probably not something i would have i mean we'll see if the results are something crazy but i definitely it's not something i maybe would have 
paid for myself because it's pretty expensive. Someone actually hit me up to, and then we'll get into the, we'll get into the juice. We'll get into why you guys are here. We'll talk about 4am, how they built the brand, all of that. Um, But someone hit me up on DM and they were like, Hey babe, I've been working with a med spa about to open one. I'm like, would love to, you know, offer you a free treatment, whatever. And so I was like looking on the Instagram account and I was just like, what am I going to, what am I going to do? And I was like really considering like, what would I do? Cause like I, I've never like dabbled with Botox filler, anything. I'm like so afraid. And so I was like scrolling and it was like, you know, people doing their lips and like, you know, the jaw and whatever. And I'm just like, I don't know if I should take this offensively like (laughs) or do you think that I have filler or do you think I get work done like I was trying to understand the synergy there and like why (laughs) I was like their first line of like oh babe like you are the perfect person to promote this med spa for me (laughs) it's like what okay so ladies you're here and I want to talk about your journey from you know these party girls to skincare founders and I know there's so many people listening and we know people that really want to start brands and they just like don't know where to start. So I'd love to kind of, you know, explore your journey, explore why 4am skin. So tell me, tell the girls about 4am skin and then we'll kind of get into your journey and how you started. Um, yeah. So really 4am started through, I feel like almost a problem you had Jade in the skincare industry. And I was always really interested in skincare because I had really bad melasma as a teenager, which is basically like hormonal skin darkening and hormonal acne. So got really interested in dermatology, how to heal skin conditions. Uh, Ended up going to Georgetown for undergrad where I was pre-med and studied um, dermatology and did dermatology research and then got really interested in skincare and would just not shut up about it on Instagram. And so I feel like every friend of mine came to me and was like, what is this whole skincare thing? And I'll let Jade give her background, but it was kind of a conversation we had about skincare that led to the birth of 4AM. Yeah, my first job out of college was actually working in finance. I was a trader on Wall Street um, at a big bank, and um, I've always been someone who kind of like, especially when I first moved to New York, I said yes to literally everything. Even though I was waking, I was had to be in the office by 7 a.m. Yeah, you guys wake up really early. I met this girl recently. She worked uh, for Goldman Sachs. When she told me that she was up at 4 a.m. so that she could like get things done before she got to the office. And then you guys like don't leave the office until like, I don't know, 11 p.m. Like it just sounds like modern day slavery, to be quite honest. Yeah, it was it was crazy. 7.30 was the latest I could possibly get in. Like, if I was rolling in at 7.30, that was late. And I was one of the later desks on my floor, which was, like, crazy. Like, it was – I remember I could sometimes, if I was showering quickly at Barry's, I could go to, like, the 6.30 or something Barry's and, like, leave class a little bit early and shower and run to work like if I did the Barry's next to the office. And that was, like, the le- – I remember running into girls who were on my floor at the class before who were coming out and we're going to go to work and they were like, oh, you can, you can take the six, the 630 or whatever it is, 640 or something. That was like my luxury. And now I feel like, I think 
Still, traders still have to get in that early just because of market hours, but general work has changed so much since then. I, I think they got rid of the 5.30 Barry's class. Oh, really? I, I literally don't they think they offer it anymore. Oh they did. God. Yeah, it's like we're truly a relic of the past. Um, Wait, that is insane. Why did you want to get into finance? What was that aspiration? I honestly had an econ teacher in high school who I really liked. Few people know that I won the economics or the social studies award, which was the economics award in high school. And then, like, throughout so women in STEM. Yeah, except it's not. Is econ no, it's STEM? Not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe it is because S is for science, T is for technology, E. Oh. Engineering. Engineering. Yeah. Engineering. And then M is, is M mathematics? Math. Math. Oh, math. Yeah, econ really is math. It's applied math. You were doing derivatives yeah. at yeah, yeah, JP Morgan, yeah. which is so, math. Yeah, that is math. <laughs> so I really liked learning about the world. That was really, like, that's why I did international affairs at Georgetown. And I thought of just anything finance was just an interesting way to learn about the world. Like, mm-hmm. you learn about it through money, but you learn about, like, businesses in different places, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, so that was always, like, interesting to me. Um, but I think once I got there full-time, I realized, I was like, this can't be my life. Like, once I realized there wasn't an, an end date, like, all the internships, I flew, like, I had no problem at the internship. Like, I was like, I can crush this, I can get in my little suit, like, whatever. Yeah and come into the office and like not really have that many responsibilities, but like I'll be there early. And then once I, it didn't have an end date, I was like, this is not for me. Is this my life now? At the same time, living in New York for the first time, I could, like, I was also going out a lot. Like I truly never said no to anything. Yeah. What were you not saying no to? You're fresh in the city. What are people inviting you to that you're like, yeah, sure. Even though I have to be at the office. I remember like the darkest. I think there was one time where I almost thought I was going to stop drinking. Yeah. Ladies, this is pre-startup founders, okay? This is like what got them there. This is when she was in her deep, dark finance yeah. day. I went on on a Sunday to Felix Sundays. And I, the last thing I remembered on this Sunday was going, like sitting down to eat the tuna tartare. But like what people don't realize is, or maybe the beef tartare, but what people don't realize is Felix starts out like sitting down and then like like people eat a normal brunch. Like it might be boozy, but it's not like anything crazy. But then halfway through, everyone stands up and like they move the tables aside and then everyone kind of starts drinking. I didn't remember that. Like I literally just remembered sitting down. To have your meal. And then you woke up the next day. And I woke up the next day didn't know how like I got home and I had to go to work and I like I remember usually I would like always take the subway because it was generally faster but I couldn't even get myself to do that the uber took like forever I ended up so late my boss looked at me was like are you good and it was a Monday but my skin did not look good (laughs) that she came to me and was like sabs my skin sucks I am drinking so much and working so much what do I do and I was like, oh, perfect. This is my bread and butter. Here's this 12-step Korean skincare routine for you to spend all your finance money on. Um, with all the affiliate links, of course. She looked at me like I had, you know, three eyes and was like, do you think I'm going to be doing this stupid skincare routine from my cool down at Barry's to running to my desk at JP? Like, you must be insane. I need one thing that, like, is going to fix me and 
like I want to I can spend good money on it yeah I was really ready to invest in my skincare routine of okay like I'm like if she had told me buy the La Mer cream I would have bought, bought it, it you know how much is the La Mer cream for the girls that don't know $320 for like literally a tiny pot of the cream lovely does it work is it effective no okay cute it felt like skincare is this unique industry where if you had like a luxury skincare routine is often connected to having a more complicated skincare routine yeah and that seems so backwards to us if you think about let's say furniture the reason why ikea is cheap is because you have to put it together yourself it's kind of like a pain and whatnot whereas like nice furniture it gets it's white glove service gets delivered to you in a piece you don't have to deal with it yeah. same thing with like airlines and all this stuff of like and but like Amazon Prime, people pay for fast, people pay for easy. In 2023, why is skincare any different? Why is it that you're asking a consumer to put in the research, to put in the time, to play chemist in their bathroom? Why is there not a simple, very streamlined and effective all-in-one thing that still is luxurious, that still packs a punch, that still actually really works? And we felt so many like all-in-one products felt very drugstore, felt very two-in-one, head-and-shoulders, frat bro type of vibe where it was almost that... And you get this ugly bottle. Yeah. And it's like the whole experience is bad. Yeah, and it felt very much that, like, wellness and skincare were this, like, intertwined thing as well where, like, you had to be doing so much for your wellness routine to be, like, a good person in skincare and, like, you had to drink the green juice and drink the collagen and get eight hours of sleep and drink all the water if you wanted to be well and be good in skincare and we just really wanted to kind of flip that on its head and say you can have easy solutions you don't have to be perfect all the time we'll just deliver you really clinically driven high efficacy like solutions to like an easy uh, skincare routine I love this I love this because it really came about so naturally right so Jade is like this party girl, right? Just like trying to get by, right? Like, yeah. okay, I work crazy long hours. Like I have to have a good time. I live in New York. Like how am I going to enjoy myself? And that's like contributing to like shitty skin. And you're like, what the hell? Like why, like, why does my skin look like this? And then you have Sab who like nerds out on skincare, the chemistry behind it, all of that. And you guys have been friends for forever. Like I met you guys as friends back yeah, in yeah. college. And you know, it's kind of just like, hey girl, what can I do? And then you guys create 4am. Yeah, it was so crazy because to be honest, like the, the product that we came out with the routine, like it, it was me going to a few like chemists and dermatologists that I knew to create the product for Jade. I was literally like, I'm going to make Jade a little birthday gift of like her all in one serum. And I remember like when we had like thought of the prototype and like kind of created it, we were at, um, an Art Basel party in Miami in like 2019. And everyone always asks like, when did you start this? Like, when did you like formulate the business? And I always like to say that it was this day um, cause it's a fun story, but we were at this Versace party with 
Um, we were kind of sitting in the corner looking around being like, oh, that's Zach Bia, that's someone else, like feeling all like small and weird at this party that we happened to get invited to. And we were just like in the corner scheming our little business being like, wait, like this product like is needed, like this is gonna work, like should we actually do this? And then over a tequila shot, we actually decided to, to go for it that day, <laughs> that fine December, our Basel day. Obviously you have this great idea, you wanna do the damn thing, you guys take a shot, some liquid courage and you're like, like, okay, let's do it. But like, what was like the biggest hurdle, right? Like, how do you get people on board? It's not like you're just like selling a service where it's like, oh, I can just like get started. You're like building a product, right? And it takes investment and it takes like, you have to have people behind you. So how did you kind of get either your friends, your family, people on board to support this endeavor? It was, it was in two parts. So I think, first of all, we raise like a very small friends and family around but I think in order to do that it was really okay we had talked to like a lab we had talked to we had mocked up some like designs um we had a pitch deck yeah we had a pitch deck we actually talked to really big investors and they were like Hell, Hell no. Nah. <laughs> like we had talked to basically like the people who invested in Glossier first. Yes. The people that invest in like Casper. And we didn't, and, like, at, the, at this point we just had like a deck with a some deck. renderings. And like an idea, right? Like a dollar and a dream. You're like, okay, we want to do this. Yeah. yeah. And while well, I, I kept telling Jade, I was like, Jade, I was like, Emily Weiss raised $2 million with just an idea. On we an can do it yeah. too on a napkin. And was like, no. Yeah. Uh, and everyone was like, nope. Yeah. And they so, were like, it's COVID. So tell me these conversations. What are they saying? This is the frustrating things about investors is I think a lot of people will tell you different things. But at the end of the day, they're saying like, I actually don't believe you can do this uh, is really what they're saying. Because like a lot of them would say, okay, this is too early. Uh, I think what's been interesting for us is because we're basically pretty much bootstrapped at this point. Um, the majority of it is was our savings, um, and when we meet other like VC backed brands, for instance, when they t when they when we tell them how like how like, little how little we brand. put into the business, they they're are shocked. they're shocked um, because we have friends who raise a million dollars, and that's and not we're at all. like yeah. yeah, we're farther along than they are. Yeah, and I think. What was really interesting to us and something that I've learned only after having like investor conversations over and over and over again, um, and now we're like not actively fundraising really because we actually have enough money for the business to continue does not require outside capital. We can fund it ourselves, which is amazing. It's less glamorous. Like we can't be buying billboards all over New York because they doesn't have the ROI that we necessarily want. Um, out of it and basically almost everything we do has to be kind of basically make money on day one it can't be oh let's throw this money into this and like maybe people will buy like three times over the course of their um, of their journey with us yeah um, but I what I really think was the hurdle for us actually you go first what my biggest hurdle was was realizing that venture is a lot about vanity and a lot about ego and that I looked at so many brands I even had this conversation today with Jade which is crazy because I was like how did this brand that has not a great idea raise this much money and like we haven't raised as much or whatever and like truly and really like raising venture doesn't equal like you having a good business it's about like you as an operator 
going and hustling and like Jade said it's not as glamorous of a journey that we've been on and we can't go and pay millions of influencers you know to promote the product we have to go and talk to every customer that we have and we just had a hundred zoom calls last week with customers so like our top customers being like do you like the product how is it really like boots on the ground doing things every single day that's like sweat like really when they talk about sweat equity like that's what Jade and I are doing every day and it's like not as fluffy of a life but realizing that like that's actually going to get us farther rather than just having like money in the bank from investors where like that might be we don't own the business anymore exactly yeah, and, like it might be a bit more like stable and I can do things that like seem as if we're doing well like Jade was saying plastering 4am on billboards in New York like that might seem like you're doing well as a business but like I, we, us knowing the cost of those it would be throwing money in it would throw money in the trash because it doesn't do anything and like there's so many times where I'm like oh if we had venture money we could do so much where it would like really inflate the business so like people like almost on the outside being like oh 4am's really doing well but like really like looking into myself and knowing hey like we're doing literally the best that we can and like we're I mean I don't want to like brag either like I'm we always try to be humble about stuff but like but you guys are crushing it for like what what like we've been kind of given yeah. and dealt basically and yeah and not like trying to prove something to like some outside like figment or person yeah basically I, don't I know feel like about. you know going out seeking investment and giving away equity that's nice depending on what your goal is. I think there's like something so beautiful about ownership, right? Because if your goal is to have that freedom and to genuinely have a good product, like you're going to take the time to build a really good product and to build a really strong community. And a lot of people quit their job to run these startups. And it's like you quit your job because you don't want to clock in for so-and-so or you don't want to like build so-and-so's dream, but then you go take money from someone else. And now you got to, now you got to answer to him. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you become this operator. I do agree with you. It can look like you're doing great, but like, are you really doing great? There's something so beautiful about, you know, A, the community that you guys are building, how you're doing it. And it's so authentic to your story. So I think that's like fucking awesome. No, it's been great. And I think what's been so interesting and I think proves a bit your point is so many of the things that we didn't even think we would be doing at the beginning have actually ended up being such big needle movers in terms of the business. And because of so much trial and error, like there's so many things that we've done and then like didn't actually end up like resulting in much. And then there's other things like I remember when we were first talking about our launch, our one of our things was that we weren't going to be on TikTok because it was a lower price, a point lower demo. price point demo yeah. who that wouldn't like convert essentially. Yeah, yeah, who wouldn't like convert? And or, also, like, we were like, we're too, an elevated brand. Was yeah, we wanted to build like an elevated brand. One thing that I've learned is you never know what will be like a game changer for your business. Eighty percent of our sales come from TikTok. Oh my god. Which, which is crazy. 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 So we really don't want it to get banned. Like yeah, we're, we're trying really to find fun. other game plans, obviously, and diversify. But um, the week that like the <laughs> congressional hearings was happening, I actually thought Jade might unalive herself. Like I actually was worried. I was like sad in bed. Yeah, like, she was I having was, a like, depressive episode. I was just watching this stupid trial or like the congressional hearing, getting so angry. And like, I was like, Jade, you got to come to work, babe. Like, you got to <laughs> come into the office. What are we doing? Let's yeah. get it together. That's wild. Do you think they'll actually ban TikTok? 
I think they might. I think they might. I think it'll be, it'll take a little bit longer. Like, I think it won't be till after the election. Cause I, I think no matter, I, I mean, this is not an informed opinion, but. <laughs> it's mine and I'm sticking with it. That's my caveat. Yeah. It's not an informed opinion, but it is mine. And um, I think that by the time it gets to Biden, it'll be to like say yes or no to it. It'll be too close to the election. And I think his demo is younger. I don't know how upset, generally, obviously a younger demographic on TikTok. So that's what people are saying, that he might piss yeah. off Gen Z and then they won't vote for him. And then like, who knows? Who knows yeah. what will happen? OK, so I love how you guys say that, like, you've been bootstrapping and just like really doing the damn thing and very grassroots, right? Like nitty gritty. Like we're actually talking to our customers. We're doing the work. What I love about 4AM is kind of how you guys launched, right? I feel like you guys launched, you came out of the gate with like major publications behind you from Vogue to W Magazine. How would you say that you've been able to leverage your personal relationships to kind of build your business? Because I feel like a lot of people don't know how or they just have this idea and they just like keep it in their corner. But how do you kind of lean on your tribe to get things started? Yeah, one thing one thing that having a business has taught me is that everything, everything is personal relationships. Like we found investors through sitting next to someone at a dinner. Like that truly is how it ends up being. And then same thing for publications and stuff like that. Like we're lucky enough to have a bunch of our friends work in media. But on top of that, you can have a lot of friends who work, etc. And I think it's really important to actually leverage it and really make things as easy as possible for them. Yeah. So I, I know so many people who even like sometimes advice like from myself and now that I've gone like seeing what it looks like from the other side of people asking for advice, you have to be so specific, so specific and like have a direct ask. Never say, Hey, like I I would love to chat. I would pick your brain. Like horrible, horrible. People actually really do want to help you. They don't want to sit around for the ask and be like, what are, what am I committing to yeah. by like talking I to you? I don't want the pleasantries. I, like, yeah. I don't want to, hey, how are you? Like, just ask me what you want. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be like, I'm good. Yes or no. This happened for like one of our early partnerships that a lot of people knew, knew us for was that we did um, a bunch of collaborations with 818 Tequila. And this was like right after they had launched. Um, yeah, we were the first skincare brand for them to ever partner with, even before any of her sis- of Kendall's sisters, which we thought was pretty cool. Pat ourselves on the back for that one. Yeah, and that one was really, I had, we had met some other founders at an event, and they had had, like, they when had sponsored, like, the bar at their party. So, like, one, it's the question of asking, like, we, like, asked the other founder, hey, like, would it be possible for you to connect us with your, like, connect there? But yeah, then, and she just, like, threw us the email being like, this is the girl's email, enjoy. Before we even met with her or anything, we sent over a deck that had, hey, this is what it could look like, here's other people who have come to our events, all this stuff, so coming prepared so that all, all you're asking them to do is say yes. Yeah. Don't ask to brainstorm. Don't ask, like, have a specific ask because usually people like when opportunities come to, to them. There's so many things that we've done because someone emails us and asks and we're like, and they're, oh, yeah, they're like, okay. oh, all you have to do is provide skincare. And we're Perfect. like, oh, they are doing all the work for us. Yeah. And this is basically like 
free market, not free marketing because we give product, but it's like, it's like if you, you almost make it so easy for them just to say yes, that they're like, it's a no brainer. Yeah. We're like, all you're doing is giving us tequila and we've done literally all the thinking for you. We'll do all the logistics for you. It's again, the sweat of it, right? It's like, we're just like putting in all the effort and all the work. So they almost can't say no. I love that piece of advice so much. A lot of the partnerships that I've secured for Rich Little Broke Girls is literally, here's a deck of what I'm thinking of doing. And at the end, it's the partnership opportunity. And it's like, this is what it would look like if we partnered together. And so it's so easy for them to just be like, yeah, let's do it. To your point, no one wants to wait around to figure out what are you asking? What are you asking? I think there's something interesting in what you said, Jade, the hitting people up and just being like, hey, how are you? Because I've done that in the past, but I actually love the fact that you're just like, be direct. Because I've been hearing that a lot lately. Whatever it is that you want, like be direct, close mouth, don't get fed so what does that conversation look like it definitely shouldn't be that your only interaction is like how how can you help help me me. like you should definitely be friendly with the person ahead of time I mean on that a when I when I was like basically almost a cold email I also think you need to know your audience a bit like sometimes you have to be honest with yourself and like think to yourself is this actually going to be a value add for the other person and if it's not like at the beginning of when we started 4am I would not really ask people for a lot of things and then like people I didn't know and then now I've gotten really good at just like cold emailing people and asking people because like well that's the worst they're going to say no or they're not going to respond I mean and people don't actually think about you for more than five minutes if they don't know you like I remember I started getting so many inbounds and that's when I realized I was like oh if I just ignore a message it's not because they literally hate that person it's just because I'm busy a hundred percent and so it's like I'm the worst texter and honestly it's made me feel better about people who don't respond to me because I'm like there are so many people who I don't hate but I just don't respond to their texts. Yeah, because I'm like busy or like maybe yeah. like I'll try to get back to it another time. And it or just especially like, like events is too. Like if someone invites you to something, there's a lot of times where I don't respond and it's not because I hate them. It's because maybe I looked at the time and I'm like, I'm not going to make it. Like I have to like send her a thing that, oh, I can't make it. But sometimes it just slips through the cracks. Like obviously there's a line. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't be I don't, e- don't email people like 10 times. If nothing's getting a response, like... But don't be afraid to reach out yeah, and, for and fear that they're going to, like... Not respond. Yeah. Because that's okay. That's an okay outcome. I'm the queen of the follow-up. It depends on who it is. It so depends on the person. Yeah. Like- I'll give you three scenarios. One scenario is we had a verbal conversation of to do something and I sent an email to get the ball rolling. Yeah. They don't respond. I'm definitely following up on that. Yeah. Another scenario is... We're already in the conversation, like things are moving slowly, but they're not responding about a meeting that we need to get in the calendar. Like I need to get answers. We need to have this meeting. I will follow up three times if I have to. I'll put the meeting on your calendar if I have to so that you can just like decline it if you need to. And what I actually learned with the last event that I did, Girls Out of Office LA, I was working with like five partners, so many individuals, like just a lot going on. And because it was such like crunch time, 
time you need answers from people and like this whole email thing is not going to cut it when people like don't get back to you. And so one thing that I learned in that process was like sometimes you just like throw a meeting hold, you throw it on their calendar. People look at their calendar. People see when a meeting gets added to their calendar and they respond. And that's how like you can get the ball rolling. And then I feel like the third example of maybe not when to like continuously follow up with someone, maybe it's like a cold email. Um, they don't respond. I would definitely follow up one time. I give yourself one follow up with a cold email and I would say don't follow up if it's a friend. Really? If you've never spoken about your ask with the friend, don't follow up with them, I don't think. Because then it's like it depends on how awkward. close of a friend it is, but yeah. I mean, if it's if it's like my bestie, I'm going to annoy them and call them and be like, hey, like I texted you about this. But if it's like someone I vaguely know, let's say like it's a mutual from Georgetown and I saw that they worked at some VC firm and I'm like hey like I would love to get an intro to like this person yeah I would yeah, just yeah, not yeah. follow up because it's like they don't really owe you anything but you might run into them in real life where it's like a little bit awkward or like you're in the circle with them where they're like Sabrina's really annoying yeah yeah I just don't want that yeah because they should see your name in the inbox and be like oh what is this and if they chose to ignore it yeah take that as a sign exactly take that as an L and just keep it pushing you don't want to like embarrass yourself like we're not desperate right like we're gonna ask because we want things to happen for us abundance Abundance. but we're not like we're not we're not desperate we're not what do they say desperados we're not those okay so tell me you guys are obviously BFFs you guys have been friends for I don't know how long but it seems like you guys have been friends for a while now yeah Jade was my first friend at Georgetown aww how many years is that should we age ourselves seven Seven years. Seven-year friendship. I love it. Going strong. Started a brand together. How do you manage your friendship and your working relationship? Because I have failed miserably in that department. Like, I just got to do shit solo and then hire people to do other jobs. But what was it like coming into this, like, hey, I have an idea. Cool. Let's do it together. Like, what was that process? And how do you guys manage your friendship? It's definitely evolved over time, I feel like, especially now that we're doing it full time. It's even like, I mean, I think it's always like a work in progress, to be honest, because I think even sometimes I catch myself of like, okay, maybe I don't want to talk about work and I see a call from Sabrina I'm like oh like I don't want to call and then like I pick up the phone and we're she's not talking about work and you kind of like have to train yourself of like don't assume yeah Mm -hmm. and so I think it's like that and also being super open and like honest as possible I think I think we both don't have big egos with each other which I think is important when you start a business with someone because there are things that Jade is much better at than I am or I know more than Jade does and I think the fact that we both know that we then default to each other on like okay this is your strong suit and like me knowing okay I slack on this and like I do accept the fact that like I might not be the best at this and like knowing where our strengths and weaknesses are and like being really open and honest and communicative with each other we're like she'll pick up the work sometimes or I'll pick up the work sometimes and just working together and like not having any like confrontation become like something where it's a point of contention, but rather like how do we work through this issue that maybe I have and then it becomes something that we should work on together or like maybe Jade has and then we just talk about it where it's nothing that like, like there's nothing in business where like 
we should get mad at each other for it, if that makes sense. It's something that we should... Find a solution. Yeah, exactly. Of how we've worked together through things is we just try to find a solution for it. And instead of like... Going back and forth about you did this, you did that. I'm going to make a million mistakes. Jade's going to make mistakes. And it's just about how we move from that and learn not to do it again. Mm -hmm. Rather than placing blame and being like, oh, well, like, you know... I wouldn't do that if like it was me doing it or like same Jade could do like say that to me about something but realizing that like we both kind of don't know what we're doing in this business and it's so uncharted territories for both of us that we're just trying to like hold each other's hand throughout this crazy journey and support each other every day and I remember someone asked me the same question of like how do you work with your best friend? And I think what it is is like Jade and I just try to be 1% better every day for each other and promise each other that we're going to show up and, and do the best that we can every day. And that's, I mean, that's just it, basically. We're just going to try to do our best for each other by each other. And I remember at the beginning of it, like we had had this conversation where we were like, we will dissolve 4am before the friendship dissolves because mm-hmm. that is way more important than like it coming in between our friendship and our love for each other um and I think I mean I continuously remind myself every day you know that's like the most important thing is just the open communication and like I think that's also how we've just been able to keep the brand strong too yeah I feel like there's a lot to be said about the both of you having a relationship and understanding each other prior to starting a business I think like whenever you're just getting to know somebody and learning them and then you start a business with them then it's a little bit more tricky but I feel like because you guys have this or had this strong relationship prior to going into business together that like definitely helps right because you kind of understand how to communicate with each other you kind of understand okay this one's type a this one's type b or she's type a in this scenario she's type b in that scenario so you can kind of navigate it in that way uh but how do you how do you set boundaries just to the point that you made earlier jade like sometimes you get a phone call and you don't know if it's going to be about work or not I know for me personally in my experience I was the friend that I want to talk about work all the time like I would just pick up the phone and like when random things would come into my brain about you know what I was working on like I wanted to talk to my partner about it and there does have to be some elements of boundaries so how have you guys kind of navigated that I think like before we launched 4am I was still in med school in DC and all I was doing was working, which was like either like med school during the day and then I'd work on 4am stuff at night and Jade's schedule was like the opposite of mine. So she was like mm-hmm. working at her day job during the day and, and also I had some 4am stuff during the day and I think would just be like basically like wanting to chill at night and I would like call her and text her and be like, I have all these articles and ideas and she would just ignore me. And I think at first I was like, oh sad and then I was like well she'll eventually like get back to me and I was just like I was like oh Jade's just bad at her phone and I I have friends though that like if you didn't respond to them for like a day or two they would go like ballistic and be like she hates me oh my god unfortunately I just can't be friends with that type of those types of people no yeah I know because like (laughs) but like that's the thing is like I I just think like we get each other like how each other like works and so it's nothing that like I would get, like, offended or sad by, because I'm, yeah. like, and, like, if I'm, like, constantly, like, bothering, J- I mean, tell me if this bothers you, so maybe, maybe I'll find out if, if this bothers Jade on this podcast, but, like, 
I assume she just looks at her phone when I send her like millions of articles and she's like, oh, cool, Sabrina's going on like a rant. I'll just respond to her later and like yeah. whatever. Like I'll just mute her text messages for like the hour. I read them, I just don't always respond. Like I feel like a lot of times you're like, oh, like I want to do these rebrands and all these things. And it was, I'm like much more, okay, these are the things that we're focused on. Let's get, let's get those done. So I'm less about the trees. I think that's why it works though, is cause yeah. like, I think I very much love like thinking about like ideas and like very abstract things. And Jade then like hones me in to be like, all right, we, these are the things we actually need to do. And like is a much better operator and like doer than I am where I'm like, let's ideate for a yeah. little bit. And like, and I hate ideating. Jade hates ideating. I'm like, Jade, let's do some deep yeah. ideation. I'm like, I'm like here's a to-do like, list, let's do it. You know, I'm like, let's do some deep thinking. <laughs> yeah, like this is what we need to get done today. So let's focus yeah. on today. We could maybe ideate once every six months, maybe. Yeah, it makes sense. She's a Capricorn and I'm a Pisces. Oh my God, I'm a Pisces. I think my moon is in Capricorn, if I'm not mistaken. There you go. I'm like the mix of you two. How have you dealt with the patriarchy as female founders? There are a lot of female founders in yeah. beauty. And I think for me especially, when I was working in finance, I was the only girl on my desk. Um, and so, and I honestly think like there's a lot of things you can push to your advantage, yeah. actually. Like I think there's so many things that you can take advantage of. Like I remember I was invited to this um, consumer founder dinner this was before Sabrina was in New York so I was like I, I just went by myself and I walked in it was like a 60 person dinner at Zuma sponsored by some like credit card like direct to consumer credit card company um and I was the only girl there and in a good way I actually stood out like that was actually the dinner that I was referencing it was like you could sit next to someone and, and like find an investor we don't we don't have any like venture investors but we have some angels who are all like strategic and who we think that can help us grow, grow the business maybe they're not writing the biggest checks but they're really helpful and so as like advisors etc and so I think being okay with when you're the only person like this comes to like diversity as well yeah. like use that to your advantage like you're sticking out and like you're in the room. Yeah, you're in the room. And so, like, use that to your superpower. And be exactly. Like, yeah, like, I, yeah, am, I am the only girl here. Yeah. Like, and, and not using that as an excuse to, like, be quiet in the corner yeah. is mm -hmm. really something that can be super helpful. Especially for us, like, the best people and most helpful people we've met has always been other female founders, which is really interesting because I think awesome. that so many people think it'll be, like, we're friends with other female skincare brand founders. Like, yeah. If there's it's like there's no beef with like even if it's technically competitive in some way we i try and think about it a lot within the business of like everyone has skin everyone as has much as niche. everyone says skincare is saturated also everyone has skin to take care of so and there's x amount of people in yeah. the world there's plenty of people to sell skincare to. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if someone wants to do a direct rip at 4 a.m., I'll get a little salty. It's almost like 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nope. But there's like enough people, and everyone finds their niche. And one of our, one of my closest founder friends is a skincare brand founder that our products are very similar. And the branding's different, but 
very similar products, but we help each other with like everything. She helped us get into one of our big retailers and has helped us with like so many random behind the scenes stuff and I'm forever grateful to her. So um, definitely no beef within the skincare founder female world or just general founder female world. Everyone wants to support each other, which I think is really nice. Yeah, I think that's really important. Also to show that women can support each other, right? Because there's this like whole narrative that women are catty and we're constantly competing with each other. But if there's one thing that I've learned with my own business and my community and everything that I'm building with Rich Little Broke Girls is collaboration is so important. You have to collaborate with people. You have to partner with people for a multitude of reasons, right? To build community, to just connect with others, to create something magical, right? Because when you collaborate with this brand versus when you collaborate with a different brand, like those are two very different experiences for your community. And so there's a lot to be said about women supporting women and just going at it like, okay, babe, you're running your race. I'm running my race. But like, we could run next to each other. You know what I mean? Like we can cheer for each other rather. So I love that. Do you ladies have any piece of advice before we move into beauty secrets? My business advice is truly just do it. You will think that that all these people who are ahead of you have it figured out. No, everything is complete shit show. All the time. Like, The job I had before 4AM after finance was working, doing marketing for a bunch of the big direct-to-consumer brands. I mean, I guess people are finding out now, but they were all shit shows. Like, I remember running, like, models on these things, and I was like, these numbers don't make sense. And, like, they were like, "Mm, yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, everything, I like, there are people being hired and fired so quickly. Like, you think these things that have such a big facade you're like oh like it's established like they've done it like there's that success like it's really behind the scenes like even these like founders are still figuring it out like everyone is figuring it out and a lot of things like aren't as like complicated as you would think they would be like especially like not to bring it back again to that 818 thing but people are always like oh like how did you do this like was this whole thing it's like made a deck I sent it to them. Sent it to them. <laughs> and then you, it is so interesting, but there's such a bias of people wanting to be involved, being like, oh, I wish I could do this, but then actual action. Like, I even see it when people will, like, comment, like, oh, I want to work for you guys. And we'll be like, oh, send us an email. We're not looking for interns right now or anything right now, but so don't send us emails. But, but. <laughs> well, we might look for a summer interview. Yeah, but. There are so many people who like comment that on a TikTok, but do they, if you even if reply, oh, like shoot us an email, I would say like 50% of them don't even shoot the email. What you realize when people are asking you for advice, like, babe, just get started. Like be consistent. Or like you go and you look at what they've started and they're not consistent. The last time they posted something was a year ago. Like I can't help you do the work. Like if you're consistent and like your strategy isn't working, I can help you refine that. Like a thousand percent. I could give you my trade secrets. Yeah, like, I can give you the recipe book, but if you're not chefing it up in the kitchen, the recipe's never going to be made. Exactly. I think that's, it's it's so interesting, because I think, too, like, not to bring it back to ChatGPT randomly, but I think what's so funny is so many people are saying, oh, like, a ChatGPT is revolutionary, but when, it is, obviously, but a lot of the advice that people get on there, it's literally advice from, like, that was the same thing as Google. People are like, oh, you could build this, like, million-dollar business 
by like doing what ChatGPT like tells you. And I'm like, yeah, but the people actually have to do it and then people like, it falls apart. Yeah. The answers have always been there. The first thing that I did when I wanted to start 4AM was I Googled, how do you start a skincare brand? And it's like, you had to do the research to figure out like, where do you start? You know what I mean? And so it's like, it's always, it's always kind of been there. It's just kind of repurposed and reformulated into something new now. But it's, it's just about like actually doing it. Yeah, and I think even just specifically for like starting a brand now, like it gets easier and easier by By the the day. day. Like really by the day. Like there are so many resources out there. Like I think I literally was telling Sabrina earlier today, I was like, I think if you wanted to, you could start like a hundred little niche brands that like maybe don't do like, they're not like generation defining brands, but you could sell like $2,000 $2,000 worth of stuff a month and like have 10 of those and like just throw up a Shopify store and a couple Instagrams. Yeah, it's like dropshipping kind yeah. of Yeah. Which I, I, and I don't like dropshipping. No one dropship. Yeah. But like real brands. But yeah, I think like in terms of like in the same vein but differently, I would say to anyone who's like in a position where like they might want to start something but their day job feels really comfortable and cushy to them right now, like don't let you being in a really maybe comfortable position stop you from doing something that you like really want to do i feel like sometimes people will start brands or they'll go after something because their situation is like so bad that they're like i need to get out of this like i hate my life i hate my job like something different needs to happen but then like i I forget what it's called it's some like paradox or something where like if you're just like comfortable where you are sometimes you just like won't take the leap because it might not be great but it's not like so horrible that you're like I need to change this. And I think that's where I was in medical school was I was like on this path that I was like, I know what I'm gonna do next. Like I'm gonna go be a dermatologist, live like this normal like doctor job, whatever. But like in my mind, I was always like, I wanna start some skincare brand where I can like heal so many people's skins, not just the people that I see on a day-to-day basis. And like, I love, running a brand, everything to do with it. And I think don't let the fear of like something that's not as stable, like stop you from going and actually like doing that thing if it's gonna ultimately make you happier. And I mean, I guess I didn't really talk about this on the on the pod, but um, I took time off of med school to do 4am full time for a little while. And I've like never been happier to actually like be doing something that I truly believe in, even though I have no idea what tomorrow is going to look like being a startup founder, but I did know what tomorrow would look like being in medical school. And I think not letting that fear of something being this cookie cutter, like kind of version of life, like don't let that stop you from actually chasing a dream. I feel like there's so much power and uncertainty and just embracing it. I feel like as long as you have your vision, you have your direction, you know who you are, you know what you want, you know where you're going. It's not like you're running in a circle. You're running towards something like you know that you love this. You know that you're good at it and you're doing the work to build the best brand. Yeah, I also think not to completely counteract that, but we also work. You were in med school for a year and a half. Yeah, while two years we while we started 4AM um, and I had a full time job. But there's never going to be a perfect time to start something. So and it's, there's many things that you can start like on the side and test out the waters. Maybe you find out like you think that you wanted to start this thing and you hate it. Yeah. And, like good thing you didn't quit your job because that's true for something that you didn't know anything about. 
Exactly. That's very Get some true skin too. in the game. Go See a little traction. Yeah, go try to get some viral videos on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then, and then build a business. And then you could do the damn thing. I want to just get into some beauty secrets. You guys are beauty insiders. You know the ins and outs. I don't know where I want to start. These are so good. Ooh, what's a common secret amongst the beauty space that the girls should know about? Oh, mine is, I, and I've been having with this conversation with a lot of people, and I know it's going to sound branded, but it doesn't even have to necessarily be our brand. But so many people recently have been paring back their skincare routines. And like, I don't, I feel like I almost know, I know so few people who have these like really long, people want to find like two or three products that they're like, okay, not, and this is not coming for people who are just busy and don't have the time. We've been chatting with people who aren't that busy, but they have just found that using less products on your skin is just better because people just went so overboard with all these different products, like just rooting their skin barrier, just trying a million different things. You can't even tell what works when you're trying like seven different products at a time. Yeah. All the girlies are like over getting a million things. I know a lot of people who aren't trying the PR that they're getting anymore because they just have learned that, okay, I want to try one or two things. I don't want this massive skincare cabinet. Like it's just kind of not in, in vogue anymore. And I think too, like on that same vein, it's like when you find something that works for you, people are sticking like, stick to, it. to it. Like people like, are really creatures of habit I think now. yeah like even with my makeup routine and things like that I'm like okay this is the contour that I like and this is the blush that I like and I'm not gonna it used to be that one. I would almost I would always buy the new thing yeah. I would always say oh like I saw this like this is the contour that everyone's using Maybe I, this I is recession core I don't know yeah <laughs> two I mean I don't know if this is like a beauty secret but I'm very into color matching um recently which it's like if if you've ever had your colors red um, you can be like a winter person or like an autumn person or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like that will tell you like what shade of blush like you should use should you use more peach or should you use more rose or like what lip shade would look better on you or then like even like your like colors of your t-shirts and sweaters and whatever and it it will make you look less dull or less pale because the you have like certain undertones that like work for you basically and I don't know if that's like an actual like beauty secret but it's supposed to red or yeah I, I paid like for a tiktoker what so i'll send you the link i paid like 100 bucks for it what <laughs> oh my it was, i definitely got scammed did it work yeah i'm deep winter oh royal blue is apparently my color jade which you you called actually so i didn't even need to pay for the service i need to start selling color reading that's the business <laughs> i need to get into and so she just sent her your instagram no i had like a call with her did you have to show different colors next to your face or no? She just like looked at you during the call. No, I had to wear like different sweaters and things and like oh, had different colors. And... <laughs> I'll send you the link. She was like, that's your color. <laughs> After you tried on like 50 different sweaters, she was like, and royal blue is for you. Well, I always like knew that like peachy like tones looked better on me than like pure rose tones. And then she confirmed it. So I was like, it's, I mean, it was probably like a psychic, you know, how they like just say vague things that you already say to them. Some people say that psychics are like real or like getting your cards read. Literally. I know one girl who 
is like in debt because she was into this shaman like the shaman oh my god that was like my mom my mom literally like took them some like one of her like hairbrushes no. to like a shaman she like was giving all her money to the shaman did it work no she was like working a finance job and is like and somehow managed to like spend all her money that's crazy what about for your mom sabrina my mom had her like aura cleansed or something i don't know my mom is really into this stuff though like she had a really weird run-in with like a few spiritual creatures all throughout her life and there's some that i actually do strangely believe although i joke with her that she was probably tripping on like mushrooms in the early 2000s <laughs> and like saw this like genie creature that like spoke to her and she was going through some like psychotic break i don't know but there's like some stories that she says from like her 20s and 30s that i'm like okay maybe you actually have some weird connection to the other side my mom definitely has connection to the other side and i believe yeah. her because she's my mom yeah <laughs> you know same, what i mean same. like obviously i believe that you saw whatever it is that you saw you saw it and i believe you yeah it's crazy though because whenever she says any of these stories like my friends they're all like oh my god your mom is like so crazy spiritual like she's like the divine energy <laughs> i don't know what juju she's spitting but okay Jade, you speak openly about filler on your TikTok. What would you say is, I don't know, maybe your biggest tip to getting work done? I don't know if you would consider that getting work done, but like beauty enhancements. Less is more, really. Yeah. Like I've just been Less waiting for my filler to dissolve, honestly, on my lips. Because I just think it looks... And I actually told this to the woman at the med spa when she was doing my Morpheus 8. And she was like, you think they're too big? Like, the way she looked at me was like, just saying, like, your lips are tiny. It was what she was saying with her tone. She was like, you think they're too big? That's your issue? I was like, okay. She also works at a bed spot that does Literally. Filler, so I was like. She sees it all. Um, but I think people get so desensitized to it, especially I do think I'll see a lot of times people who I see in real life, and who I, when I see them, I'm like, like filler she went wild with the filler and she looks different than and she then, does on instagram no but then i'll see them on instagram and it actually photographs well i'll see like bfa photos that are unedited and i'll be like going through libraries i was like oh she looks amazing and so it's really in interesting it's like what do you want to get it for if you, if you do want to look amazing in photos i think you will look a little crazy in real life and like because, like, in real life, there's motion, there's movement. Yeah. Like, you have to move your face, whereas, like, a photo is still. It's a still image. And, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, obviously. Yeah, and, like, depending on if you're, like, just pouting or you're smiling, if you smile and the filler's kind of migrated, it will look kind of wonky. Yeah. But, like, you're not going to do that in a photo if you know what your angles are, basically. Yeah, but I really think less is more. I really liked it for so long, and I think it was, like, the one time where... She was like, oh, like, there was, like, a deal. It was literally, like, it was basically like only $100 more to get, like, an entire, like, other half syringe. And she was like, they were like, you don't have to use it all, but I'd only ever used half a syringe ever before. And I was like, oh, like, sure, like, fine, like, just a little bit more. And then I was like, ugh, I hate it. So just trust your gut. Yeah. Trust your gut. Yeah. And also I think you should err on the side of less. Err on the side of less. Go to people who know what they're doing. Like, go to people face. who inject also all yeah. the time. Like, I actually think this is like one of the few places where you would want to do. I mean, not always the case, but like, obviously, dermatologists have like the most 
like professional experience. I don't want to go to a dermatologist. I want to go to a nurse practitioner, like injector lady, who all she does is filler. Is filler. Like, I don't want me, someone who's yeah. cutting off moles. Yeah. I don't want someone yeah, like, who's even... checking for skin cancer. Yeah. No. Yeah. This exactly. person, she goes into the office. All and they do all, all she does all day is do filler. Yeah, because I think really at the end of the day, like you can even coming from the science background and like having to go through the motions of like doing derm stuff, like it is filler and facial aesthetics, it's an art and some people are artists and some people are not artists and some people are smart and can match into dermatology because they're smart, but maybe their hands aren't that good in terms of like filler. And so even if you're going to someone who's like a family med doc or a nurse practitioner or a PA or whatever, it's like you have to go and see their work and if you think that you like how their like before and after patient photos look because even if they have the most amount of training under their belt that doesn't mean that they're necessarily good with their hands yeah just because you've read a bunch of like research yeah. does not mean you're good at putting yeah i mean dermatology is the hardest specialty to match in in medicine so it means that the people who are matching in dermatology are the smartest kids coming out of med school but your brain does not necessarily equal like your hand skills right like mm -hmm. it's an art it's if you can look at like how the face is going to look if you know it's it's a it's being a painter a sculptor at the end of the day that's my hot take coming from someone from med school no i'm into it so what would you guys say is the most overrated beauty trend and then what's a beauty trend that you swear by i have to think for a second take your time i was gonna say like the big ducky lip fullers but we already kind of talked about that I feel like an overrated beauty trend is the brow lamination. What are we doing? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, when it's like too much, yeah. What's interesting is because I've been wanting to get like microblading done. Just oh, I that's have, a like, good one. I have pretty big, you can't tell right now, but I have like pretty big bald spots on my eyebrows. Like I have to, like the number one thing I'll do, I actually don't have any face makeup on right now because of the Morpheus thing, but... I did put on eyebrows because I can't leave the house without eyebrows because it just looks all weird. But then I've asked friends who've gotten microblading done and almost all of them regret it actually because they just, it, a lot of times it comes out weird. And that's the only thing that's been scary. I don't want to like shame people for plastic surgery, but like I feel like I've been seeing too many girlies get lipo recently. It's like so not good for you. What is the science behind it? It's like not actually that good for you i mean the thing is if you have a stubborn fat area and like you'll never get it off sure like it is the, kind of the only thing that you can do in order to like do it but the thing is is like so you have a certain amount of fat cells in your body like literally let's say you have like a hundred fat cells in your inner thighs and like 200 in your stomach and like 50 on your arm, whatever, as you gain weight, the fat cells, they expand and they contract um, all evenly throughout your body. But when you do lipo, you're literally taking out the fat cells so they can't expand and contract as much um, like in your thighs, let's say if you get in a thigh lipo, right? And you take your fat cells from like 100 to like 50, they literally like there's no cells to so you, gain weight, to, it looks so you so get weird. yeah so when you gain weight if you gain weight again you'll gain weight like in your wrist area and in your like back and in like weird parts because like you literally can't gain weight in like your thighs or your like stomach anymore so that's why like 
I mean, I've seen Kylie Jenner in person a couple times, like before she was on her Ozempic, and she, like her wrists were literally fat. Like, it, it was like so weird, like she looked so weird. That's because like they've done so much like lipo to like other parts of their body to like try to make it like look better basically. But yeah, you get fat in like really odd places. Like you get cankles because of it and things like that, which is I don't think a lot of people know that that's a side effect from it. And hopefully, you know, you're at an ideal body weight where it's really spot treatment and you don't plan on gaining weight in other places um, afterwards, but it's not a great weight loss solution. Oh my God. So let's say I got lipo in my, I don't know, my thighs, right? Will I not gain weight in my thighs again and just gain weight in maybe my ankles or my forehead? Basically, like you'll gain, you'll gain like half the weight that you would have normally. Okay. Yeah. And then you'll gain it in like, so like, let's say you've genetically always had pretty skinny arms or something like that. And then you take out most of the fat in your legs. Well, then you literally, if you gain weight, the distribution of the fat is different, right? Because you have literally more fat cells in a different place now because you're kind of changing the ratio of where the fat cells are in your body. Oh my God. Yeah. Where are people getting lipo? Where's the best, if you were gonna do it? I mean, people are going to Dr. Neinstein in New York. I feel like that's where all the TikTok girlies are going. Dr. Neinstein? Yeah, but I've never okay. seen his work, so I don't really know if I can give a stamp of approval there. I just hear, feel like I hear his name tossed around. But I think like if, if someone wants to do lipo, though, the only good use case for it, I feel like, would be chin lipo. Because that's like a really stubborn one that like a lot of people try to do Kybella, which is the other injectable that Pe- melts People fat. are out on cool sculpt. Out no on cool one sculpt. I know is getting cool sculpt. Well, cool sculpting actually can create scar tissue, too. Yeah. And- so cool sculpt is basically a machine that goes in and freezes, freezes your, your fat. fat. Yeah. And, and basically then, what they sold to everyone was that basically it freezes your fat, it dissolves in your body and like kills the fat cells so yeah. then you metabolize it yourself. Yeah, yeah. It was like basically non-invasive lipo. The other alternative was like Kybella, which, which was injectable and it but melts it, the fat yeah, as but well. The after effects of Kybella was that people were getting, like, you get really bad swelling afterwards, whereas Cool Sculpt, I think, was supposed to have, like, less downtime. Yeah. Um, whereas Kybella was more effective. Cool Sculpt, more recently, has gotten a bad rap because that ex supermodel who recently was in British Vogue, um, yeah. I can't who remember was her was name. Oh, Linda Evangelista. Linda Evangelista. She basically blamed Cool Sculpt for basically disfiguring her. She, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it can cause scar tissue on the inside of your body where it's like a reaction against, um, it's basically an inflammatory reaction that causes tough tissue, almost kind of like muscle, yeah. in your body that then if you try to go and do things like lipo or any other you can't even get rid of body it. results, it's, like, it's very hard to deal with. It's like thick fascia. But I remember even before that, I was saying, because I had heard of people getting cool sculpt and it, the best case scenario that I'd ever heard from anyone, no one had told me that they'd gone cool sculpt and it worked. Yeah. I only was told, I, I didn't hear as many of like the disfigurements or whatever, but I was always told I didn't see a difference and it's obviously the expense, it's not as expensive as lipo, but it's like still expensive. And so I think, and I, now I don't even hear of anyone even trying it because obviously. Oh my God. What do you ladies predict with Ozempic? I think everyone's, everyone's going to get it. cancer. Oh. 
<laughs> both. But I, yeah, both. both. Those both can be true. Everyone's going to be on it, and everyone's going to get cancer and pancreatitis from it. But that's okay. What's pancreatitis? Basically, like, inflammation of your pancreas. It's, um, and so your pancreas is the organ that actually deals with insulin in your body. So a lot of people who have diabetes, which is what Ozempic or Wagovi or semaglutide or any of that's kind of the, all the general names that it's under, um, it acts on the pancreas so you have more insulin sensitivity, basically, so that you're able to regulate your blood sugar better. And like it basically is a way of biohacking, speeding up like your metabolism kind of. Um, and it's great for people with, uh, you know, type 2 diabetes. It's a miracle drug for a lot of those people. But the people who have normal functioning pancreases, if you're getting it to go into overdrive, you can cause a lot of inflammation that can turn into infection that can then turn into, like, lifelong problems, um, which can potentially be fatal. So it's very much like, you know, talk to your doctor about it. Don't If you don't need it, don't get on it. But... I do agree with Jade that a lot of people don't care and they're just like, I want to be skinny and we'll probably just get on it for vanity. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, I'm on Instagram and I, I spoke about Ozempic semaglutide on one of my earlier podcast episodes. And just from doing the research, just to speak about it, probably back in January to this day, I get ads about semaglutide oh you're one stop injectable and I remember the other day I was sitting in a room and someone got a phone call and they were talking about like okay say this to your doctor do this that like this is what it is but you can't tell anybody that you're on it because if people find out they're gonna get upset because it's for you know obviously going through the rundown um but no a lot of people are gonna get on it I think more people than you think are already on on it. it I agree. Because I just know, let's throw it back. You know what I have um, PTSD. nostalgia? No, oh. I have nostalgia for. I, You know what I miss? I miss celebrities who like went through their weight loss transformation. Yeah, like the Khloe Kardashian. Like, remember like, when Khloe Kardashian came out with like, I think it was like a Sports Illustrated cover. Like she was like, she, she was definitely nervous because it was like her first but like she had basically a body reveal that was like yeah. everyone was like yeah she like did it like whatever I mean obviously this is all wrong whatever and it's all stupid but she like, had the whole TV can we, show can we just have yeah can, and like because the thing is if people were losing this weight it would not, become their personality they, it would become their personality because that used to be what you had yeah. to do to lose this weight Anyone who is losing weight and not, not talking about, about it, it every every day, that's the sign. That's, that's the sign. That's what it is. Because you know, a hundred percent. Because because or or you'd be like Chloe with yeah, like and have your like. Well, because also you're like I'm working so hard. Yeah, I want with your to know. You'd be like, oh, here I'm doing my two days. Yeah, like, yeah. I miss like. Chloe and her revenge bod, like knowing that she had to work for it. I miss assuming people were just not eating. I'm like, I'm like, do these girls just not eat? Like, are these girls just not hungry? The Adderall prescription is strong. I miss that being the conclusion, but that is no longer the conclusion. And I always say, like, back in the day, our moms in our mom's day and age, Fen Fen was like all the rage. It was essentially like an Adderall. 
an amphetamine. And I mean, very similar, like, rave, right? Like, yeah. the women were going to their doctors, they were getting on it, but, like, I mean, they weren't eating because it was the same effects as Adderall, and they were just, like, right. eh, stir-crazy. Like and they were, just, <laughs> they were just dropping weight so quickly. And then they had to take Fen-Fen off the mark because like people's hearts were exploding um yeah. and now like one of the fens in the fen fen is illegal yeah and i just think about that when i hear ozempic i'm like everyone is going so crazy my my sister i hate to out you like this ashley but my sister she just had a baby and she was like kim should i get on it and i said ashley do you want your baby to have a mother Okay, yeah. then, like, just take a beat. Like, let's circle back in, like, six years, okay? Like, you don't need to, like, rush to get on these new drugs. Um, and I also think it's funny that you mentioned coal sculpting. I remember being in college, and I was like, oh, my God, to my sister. I'm like, should we get coal sculpting? Like, I think my sister yeah. may have, like, I gone to it. do it. I don't know. I have to confirm with her. But I remember she went to, like, a consultation to do it, and they were like, sorry, we, we can't operate on you because um, she was stick thin. I remember I went to I went to ask about cool stuff. I remember I was walking by like skinny meds hall in New York and I just went in on a whim. Like they had it in the window. I was like, oh like and I was like I always got offended because they I thought they would be like, oh yeah, you only need like one to two treatments. And they were like, you would need like six to eight. And I was like, <laughs> oh, actually, not only could I not afford that, but I thought I thought you'd be like, oh, like you're good. Like one, like, like normally people need four to five, but like you could do with one to two and you'd be fine. Oh, God, like, my skinny meds no. They were like, no, you and need Jen. six to eight minimum. They're like, we have quotas to meet. But maybe it's because no, it wasn't working for anyone. And that's probably also. That's it. That's probably it. Yeah, no, it's wild. Weight loss. The art of losing weight and like the cheat codes and, and all the damn things. I mean, I my opinion, just control your diet. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I w- I've gone through so many random diets in my lifetime. I also had... Uh, well, like a version of PCOS, basically, where I gained a shit ton of weight in college, like very quickly. I gained okay. 40 pounds in a month, which is like a lot of fucking weight. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. Like I went How? like on spring break and I came back. My mom was like, what happened to you? And I was like, ah, I don't know. But I had like a lot of hormonal problems. And then I went to like okay. so many random doctors that were like, you need to like eat this and this is causing you inflammation and this and that and this and that. And at the end of the day, I was like oh god like this stuff is like so complicated and so annoying but like really at the end of the day it's like what you said it's like diet it's like have whole foods like cook at home mostly like just be healthy enough i stopped doing as we said the the answer has always been there yeah it's just about doing it yeah and and then like i like my hormones eventually rebalanced and it was fine but um is it was basically just like cut out like drinking and the crappy stuff that's giving you cortisol, high cortisol levels. And yeah. What is that? Cortisol. Yeah. Cortisol is your stress hormone. Basically, it it's a good it's a good and a bad hormone. I mean, you need enough of it to survive and like have your fight or flight response, and you get a good dose of it in the morning to like wake you up. But if you have too much of it, you can get. Um, really bad like chronic fatigue, really bad stress. A lot of people do end up like gaining weight um, in your like lower tummy area. Like that like is a sign of high cortisol basically. 
Um, and also, like, another sign of high cortisol is, like, randomly you can get, like, a hump on your back. This is, like, way too medical. I'm getting way too in-depth. I'll stop. Oh, my God. But basically, um, if like you're, a like, fat, really, Like a fat hump? Yeah, like a little, like, buffalo hump, they call it, like, literally in the back of your In back. college, I had, like, a little thing of fat on my hand. Like, I will send you photos after this. It was, like, a thing. And all my girlfriends were, like, what is that? I'm, like, oh, no. Dude, it's gone now. But it was, it, they, it was, like, a little, it was, like, a Random. little fat thing. The craziest thing. And I had cankles. I mean, you would have thought that I got lipo. (laughs) You would have thought I got lipo the way I was just like swelling up in different areas. But okay, so cortisol, it's called cortisol? Yeah, cortisol. It's just basically a hormone that like has a lot to do with your stress response is kind of the top level overview of it. But if you have too much of it, that's what can cause you to um, like gain weight really quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of it has to do with like high intent like if you are working out like really high intensity sometimes that can give you like too high of cortisol levels and so then you can't actually lose weight even if you're working out a shit ton and then like if you're stressed all the time a lot of people with ADD have really high cortisol because you're constantly like on um which is a really weird side effect of like people who have ADD I started taking ashwagandha which is a nice little supplement to calm you down so keep those stress levels down I'd love to wrap this episode up with a segment called Red Light, Green Light. I'm just going to give you some hot topics, pop culture. Um, Red light means no. Green means yes. And then yellow means I have a fence stuck up my ass. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm in the middle. (laughs) Celebrity skincare brands. Red light. Red light. Yeah. Hard. Can I, like, even go black? Like, even darker than red. The darkest that you can go. Like, just negative do you care to elaborate i just we just don't need them are there any that maybe like you're like oh that's a good one the thing is that i've realized is even like some of the good ones i feel they've actually more played the story than the product than the product like for instance i'll give Haley her credit i think the story behind the brand is pretty good like, I think like the minimalism it, and, like, it's dewy and but, glowy. Yeah, but I even think that their slogan, like, not to be a hater, of like, one of everything good or... It's, like, almost there, but it's, like, not... A, it's, like, it's, well, like, not saying, English. Like the execution it's, like, is not good. It's, like... Like, I liked the fact that she didn't come out with, with like a million, a million products and, like, yeah. just had, like, her signature... But, like, I've heard so of they, people it, breaking out from it. It caused people to have allergies and rashes. People, like, it was being manufactured in, like, a nuts manufacturing facility, and people didn't know that. So there was, like, contamination, and it was giving people allergies. And then also, like, the product just isn't good. I tr- I've tried the lip peptide. I don't like it. I liked the lip peptide. Oh, well, I didn't. I will say Rihanna did something good, though. That That's makeup, though. Oh, yeah, Rihanna makeup, Fenty Beauty. Because she really revolutionized how every brand, color cosmetics brand, now has to come out with for shade range, which is very important. And so, mm-hmm. and I think now it's, like, become table stakes that you have to have a very inclusive shade range because of Rihanna and, like, because of what Fenty did. I think the only reason why it's red light isn't because I think it's inherently bad it's just that there are so many really good brands out there and like not even speaking to like our brand but like obviously I think the world of ours but like I know that if someone had just made road without Haley like no one no one would care no one would care um 
like if JLo Beauty, like if someone came out with like an olive oil skincare brand, like maybe it'd be kind of interesting, but it definitely wouldn't do the sales that it does because it's JLo's extended merch. I mean, yeah, I mean the craziest yeah. thing. I think I think it's really crazy that JLo came out with like a cocktail alcohol brand. Or when she was asked for her beauty secrets, it was that she doesn't drink. I heard about she that. She has a cocktail brand. She just launched a cocktail brand, an alcohol brand, yeah. Yeah. and doesn't drink alcohol. Doing what Haley did for Road was great. It's like, okay, she built, she has a brand. It's, the, her products are true to her. Like, I do believe that she was trying out the products, like, did have an opinion. Maybe she didn't, but I believe that she had an opinion, did some research on her own. Obviously, the, she was helped by, like, a lot of people, and she wasn't actually formulating the products. But she can have, like, an opinion. I'm sure she was involved with the process, etc. Any brand that comes out, the, the founder cares about the product. Like, how is that the bar? We're like, wow, she did an amazing job here because she Care. built something that she cared about. Do you think not every other, that is like the bare minimum yeah. for every other brand, every business out there. And it's crazy. That, could you imagine applauding a founder because, wow, they care about the thing that they're building. Obviously, you have to care. You also have to operate. You also have to do the work. Like you also have to in the fundraise. Yeah, find the packaging, find the lab. Like do the marketing, do the Instagram posts, yeah. do the TikToks. It's like Haley just had to show up and try some creams, like and be like, oh, I have this idea for maybe this like serum. Yeah, or be presented three options and choose one. I feel like potentially if there was like a mechanism whereby these celebrities could partner with real brands and offer their likeness to real founders who are actually pushing certified real goods. I really like the celebrity investor angle. angle and I think that's going to be the big thing too because... But they just take all your equity. It do, They do, and but I think, I think that is the future because... One, it builds an extra level of credibility to the to the, the celebrity endorsing the brand. Someone's like, oh, she liked it that much that she wants to put her money into it. Must be yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. And then they also have incentive to promote it because they're building yeah. their own valuation of the equity. Yeah. So it's actually like a symbiotic relationship. And you're having the celebrity do what they're good at and not do things that they're not good at. That they're yeah, not like good at. Be a face and a promoter rather than trying to pretend like they're interested in skincare. Yeah. A la Brad Pitt. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And uh, John Legend. Yeah. I have a whole list of them. I'm doing a bracket on TikTok of like testing all these celebrity brands. I'm just trying to figure out how to put them head to head. Okay. My next one I pulled from Jade's TikTok. Red light, green light. The Instagram story like. Oh, oh red, red light. light. Oh, I hate it. Some PM at Meta, this is actually Jade's line, so I'm stealing it from Jade, but some PM at Meta hates women. Yeah. It's horrible. It's terrible. It has created the weirdest layer of validation on Instagram, and I hate it so much. Well, because it's similar to, like, a poke on Facebook. Yeah. You know, back in the day when you could poke people, because it's like, what can you do? You can poke them back, like, you can like their story back, but other than that, there's no receipts of them liking your story. It, It just, like, makes the guys who, like, used to send fire emojis even more sketchy. Yeah, you know, because there's no trace there's after no the trace. day after the story's gone. I can't like 
I can't be like, oh, he likes every you, one of you my can't stories. Even go, I sound crazy. You can't even go into you know? your archive and like, because you used to be able to swipe up and like look at like who viewed your story. I don't know why yeah. they took that away. So you can't even see who liked your story either. Also, sometimes like if I if it's a especially Fuego picture, I'll get a bunch of likes, and then throughout the day we'll update, and then the people who liked it like in the morning, like I don't see it in the afternoon. I don't know if that's a glitch on Metazend or what, but it's like it's very odd. Or maybe people are unliking my story, but it's very <laughs> They're like, I wanted to poke you just so that you see me. I was dating someone. We were like slowly parting ways. And it felt to me like a sick game where like sick. they just knew. Sick. It is a sick game. <laughs> Jade, Jade also feels this personally. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to keep me myself front of her mind so every single day i'm gonna like when i tell you there was not a day that went by that he did not like one aspect of my story and it like really started to bother me and i remember like we ended up having a conversation and i just told him i said i'm not playing this sick game with you like i know what you're doing and i don't want i don't want to be involved anymore so please stop yeah please stop Please, you know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And it's just like really weird. And also even like when, okay, that's like getting out of a relationship, trying to get out of a relationship. But like even now with like dating, like these guys will just like, maybe you went on a couple dates, like one date, two dates, whatever. And now like every day you're liking my story. Like what is that doing for the relationship? And I don't think any girls like stories. Like I, like it's like, it's a guy thing to do. Yeah, I... I don't like guys' stories. I like my girlfriend's yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still respond with emojis. I respond with emojis. Oh, do you? Yeah. I just, like, will throw them that validation. Yeah, I still do. Like, I still do, like, the hard eyes. No, I throw okay. them. I throw it. No, I'm, yeah. I'm like you, Kim. I throw them the little likes yeah. sometimes. Like, I'm like, it's I cute. It's cute. It's cute. I yeah. Exactly. No, but it's so weird. Like, this guy who, like... I, like, have just run into a bunch out, always mutual friends, has always been like, let's go to drinks, let's, like, whatever, like, and then texted me about, like, trying to make a plan and, like, never made a plan, will mm-hmm. constantly like my story, and I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, do you want to see me? Do you not want to see me? You're liking my story, but you won't make a plan to go on a date? Like, I'm very confused. And it's like, you know how some people disable that you can't share their stories to other people? Yes, like, even if they're I, public? Yes. They yes. need to have an option to get yeah. rid of the, like, you can't yeah. like my story. No, I would do that a thousand percent. If you want t- to give me validation, you're you going to have to swipe up You have to swipe up and tell me what you think. Text yeah. me. Text me and tell me what you think. Give me a receipt. It's ridiculous. Because now, like, I try to stop myself from going to my notifications because I know it's just going to be someone liking my story. And it just pisses me off. And it's really the validation that we don't need. It's the validation we did not ask for. It's the most low effort validation. Get rid of it. Get rid of the like. It is enabling low effort men. And it's disabling women, okay, to think for themselves, to have a clear day, to not worry about these men because of the like. So just get rid of it, please. Although I will say when I have, like, a photo that gets, like, I don't know, 100 likes or something. Wouldn't you rather if it was 100 fire emojis? Yeah, probably, honestly. Yeah, you're right. But I probably wouldn't get 100 fire emojis. But you would still... But you know what? I would get them from the high-value people. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You're getting a lot because it's low effort. But, like, wouldn't you rather just have those people that, like, truly care? Filter out the... The low effort. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's obviously the sex bots, and that is just weird. I get so many of those now. Why is that? What is going on? 
Can, can they not take the blue check money to get rid of these people? Yeah. Well. That brings me to my next one. Red light, green light, paying for a blue check. Red, red light, red light. Are you going to talk about it? Except for my accident that I did. <laughs> so me and Jade have a lot of press, okay? So we feel that we could, we could and should probably be verified on Instagram because literally it's this weird, murky waters of like, some people who are like founders and have press on them are verified and then sometimes they're not but it's only like really if you know someone on instagram on the back end that can like get you verified for 4am it would be helpful to like have the brand be verified and so like you know every month or two i reapply to be verified on instagram i just we're verified on tiktok fair and square okay and so then i was like oh like meta came out with like a verification thing Honestly, it's probably good for the brand. It's probably good for me and Jade to be verified. And like, we have enough press that it's like, it would make sense for mm -hmm. us to be verified, correct? Mm -hmm. I'd go by a shortened version of my last name on all of my press. It's just easier. We decided that with PR a while ago. No one can say my full last name. Anyways, but on my like legal driver's license, obviously it's my full last name. And I was like, oh, like it will just verify my thing and whatever. I'll just give them my driver's license and I say like, I go by this, right? And I put all my press into like, to like the verification thing, thought maybe they'd have it on the back end. Who knows? Thought, of, of course, they weren't looking into my press for this. Um, I then have a blue check, yay, blue check, whatever. But then it says my full name that it literally is scrubbed from the internet. It's scrubbed everywhere on the internet, my full last name. It's like Sedadian. I'm no longer Savsay. Your at is Savsay. My at is Savsay. So when you purchase the blue check, guys, whatever name is on your driver's license, they add it to your profile. And I like didn't realize that that's what they were gonna do. And so I call my brother and I'm like, oh, this is so stupid. And he's like, oh, whatever, just like, cancel it, delete it, doesn't matter. No one's gonna realize that you've had this for a day, like, doesn't matter. I go to try to delete the subscription in Meta, and I'm like, okay, cancel billing, whatever, blue check's still there. Then I contact Meta support being like, can I change the name, this is like what I, like what I go by for business, and like, this is supposed to help like, business. Like one of the main like value props of like the meta like verified thing is that like people can't try to impersonate you. And I was like, I'm going to try, like if anyone's going to impersonate me, it's going to be by my shortened last name. Cause that's like the only like notable figure to impersonate. Right. Um, can you change it? And they were like, currently at this time, we can only go by your legal driver's license name. And I'm like, okay, fuck. So then I'm like, how do I get rid of this check? And I email them back saying, hey, you know, I'd love to get rid of it because no one knows me by this. This is very awkward, embarrassing. Okay. I'm like, please, I don't want the blue check. Everyone's looking it. at me. Yeah. yeah, like, get rid of it. And then um, they were like, you're actually going to have to wait until the billing cycle's over. And then once this, like, month is over that you've paid for, then you can get rid of it. So I'm sorry, I told you from the beginning not to get it. No, you did not. You told me like literally afterwards. So you didn't ask. You <laughs> secretly got it. I didn't secretly get it. I we were like, both talking about it being like, when's it gonna be our turn to get the blue check? Both you and me literally and I, both and said like, that. And I was like, I think it might be embarrassing. And then I was like, no, everyone's popping no, up. No, no, it was only embarrassing until after. Anyways, I stand by that. I had to tell her that you could tell when people got no, it. So how can you tell? Well, if you click on the verified button on someone's profile, if it says March of 2023, it will tell you when it got verified. 
Yeah, it tells you when you got verified, so you know that anyone who... who but you know who I feel bad for? Is all the girls who went on The Bachelor, which went live on ba March 2023, and they all got really real verified, because they got verified before yeah. the blue check came in, but it still says March 2020. I think just being from our time, like verification was like the holy grail and i kind of love the fact that it kind of like the way it was on people's like mood boards like yeah. people like made i remember seeing someone like, posted their manifestation like their manifestation like you know when people make those mood yes, boards that yeah. are like all the things that they want to do this year and it'll be like vacation verified i saw board. someone had verified like verified. a verified check yeah. like in the yeah. mood board well yeah. i, I was really, like this is we, so crazy. I mean, we freaked out when we got verified on tiktok like yeah, yeah, yeah. i i freaked out i like, was yeah, very it's excited. a moment it's definitely a moment. a moment and like obviously like you know when it's earned that's incredible like oh my god shit we just got verified but for it to be like this arbitrary like stamp of approval be verified in real life yeah i also think at the end of the day it was always an arbitrary stamp of approval which is the annoying thing like there were always like random people like verified whatever because like, they knew someone at insta or yeah. whatever and so i think i actually think it just should have been from the beginning what it is now actually like people are mad because oh they're like people work I'm like worked for it like what the fuck does that even mean work for the check like ew like well some people really did i mean the, yeah. the same way that people are building like million dollar businesses some people are like literally trying to be outside get whatever written or you know using their entire paycheck to pay for someone to get them verified so like yeah. in that regard they were killing themselves to get the verification but, yeah. like, if you're truly verified, like, if you are truly a notable person, figure, then, like, getting verified is nothing. People should know you with or without a check. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, yeah. obviously I'm verified. Like, exactly. it's so interesting. How crazy. So you'll be back with us in April, unchecked. Yeah. I'm excited. April 30th. I'm counting down the days. April 30th. Oh, it's coming. It's literally yeah, it's it's around the corner. it's coming so soon. Well, one of my friends texted me being like, oh my God, congrats on getting verified. Like, didn't realize. And I was like, oh no, the way I'm going to have to spoil this girl's day. No, they're probably just like fucking with you. They just Honestly, like, probably. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I, yeah, she was probably, she was probably <laughs> fucking with me. This next one is really funny. Cat daddies. Women are statistically less likely to swipe right on guys with cats. Red light, green light. It's a red light because I'm allergic to cats. Oh, good for you that you have a reason. I, red light, <laughs> I think a guy should have a dog, not a cat, so. I, yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you this exception because you are only half a dog mom, but I don't think people in their 20s should have pets. Pets, period. Oh, my God. Okay, so I, it's a red light for me because just something about the cat, it's just, I'm not into it. And I'm barely into a guy with a dog. Like, if a guy is, like, obsessed with his dog, like, what is going on? Like, I understand yeah. having a dog with, like, you're coupled, you're in a yeah. partnership, and you get the dog. Um, but I don't know. It's just something that I'm not interested in. I'm not into. It yeah, just doesn't like, sit right I want to be spontaneous. I don't want to have to think about putting my dog into like daycare. You're a very good dog mom. I will give you that. And also your parents have Boxer half the year. Yeah. But, and I love being a step mommy to Boxer, which is Jade's dog. But I'm just like, if I want to go to Miami for the weekend, I don't want to think go. about putting my dog in daycare. And then that's also probably what would cost to house him would be my flight, yeah, you know? Exactly. It's like, I'm very selfish right now because I can be, because I don't have kids, I don't have a partner, I don't have 
a pet, so I don't want to, like, put, I can barely take care of myself. Like, I can only make myself Trader Joe's frozen meals. Like, I, I don't want to think about a dog. Like, I don't know. But that's just currently my vibe on pets. And yeah, so, but maybe later. I mean, maybe they, maybe they have their lives together more than I can even imagine, and that's why they would have a dog. But I'm like, I don't want to sit at home with your dog. I want to go out and have fun and not think about having to walk him later. Yeah, exactly. Okay, the last red light, green light. This is a really good one. I haven't talked about it yet on the podcast, but a topic I truly, truly want to explore. Lab-grown diamonds, red light, green light. I think green light I don't really care to be honest like I'm just not a jewelry person so I don't care about jewelry so I'm not a good person to ask so I don't care but I'm wearing a lab grown diamond necklace right now okay so 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 I guess that's a green light okay so tell me I don't understand it I'm really like a yellow probably more a red there's just something about it that like I cannot wrap my head around like I understand that you know, it's conflict free. I understand that it's really the same thing, right? It just has like a stamp that tells you that it's lab grown, like on the diamond. Um, and it's like 50 to 70%. The cost is way less than like a natural diamond. What is the allure? How do you get into it? Where do you know where to find them? I think I got this from like an Instagram brand, to be honest. Um, and I thought it was like cute. And it was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to have a tennis necklace that like if it breaks or if it falls I'm gonna actually ruin my life about it yeah. you know what I mean yeah yeah and I mean I have like diamond earrings like my mom's given me or like something like that or like and it, it's sentimental and there are stores of value but I just view it more closer to like costume jewelry of like okay. if someone's gonna get like something a bit above costume jewelry right where it's like you want something to be like semi nice but it's not like Something that you're going to perceive as, like, so valuable. Right? No, it's the same. So, like, diamond. No, versus, like, Swarovski crystals. Right. Yeah, 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 of course. And it, like, shines kind of differently. But I think, I mean, like, a white sapphire honestly looks the same as a diamond to me. I don't know. I mean, a a diamond is a certain amount of, like, carbon atoms, right? Mm -hmm. It's in a certain structure. So if you're making it in a lab versus if you're actually getting it mined, Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same. You can't really tell the difference. I, I had this conversation with someone about engagement rings. Yeah. Of if your partner gave you like a lab grown diamond, like what would you think? And I don't know why this sounds so bad, but I was like, well, I really just want like a big ring. <laughs> and so like, if it had to be like a lab grown one, like whatever, like no one's going to know, no one's really going to care. And like, yeah my husband or fiance or whatever spent like 10k versus like 500k like obviously that's a huge difference i'm obsessed with this perspective i was sure that you ladies were going to be like absolutely not no um but i think you helped me see the other side you know what i mean like it's kind of like back to even like the the verification the blue check you know like is it really that deep is it really that serious also, well, this is my thing, too, is recently, I have a lot of family in London, and London is very, very dangerous, and you can't really wear jewelry at all, and so a lot of my aunties have basically swapped their engagement rings and gotten them in either white sapphire or, like, a cheaper stone so that they can wear them, and they put the, put the real one in the safe, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because 
unfortunately, my, my great aunt had her engagement ring swiped in London. And so, yeah, and, like, I've had friends get, like, attacked because of watches yeah. and things like that. Um, and so, honestly, it's, like, I don't, like... I'm like, I don't want something that's, like, so valuable on that me. That you can't I'm wear like, it every day. I can't wear it. I'm, like, scared about it. Like, am I going to mess it up? Like, and if it's going to, like, sit in the safe and I'm never going to look at it. Like, sure, it's, like, nice as, like, a store of value, maybe. But, like, yeah. is it really? It's not really. It's not really it's not a, a store. Yeah, it's not that great of an investment. I'd rather have an apartment yeah. in, like, I don't know. New York, yeah. LA, Miami. It Chicago, was crazy. One somewhere. of my friends who was came was visiting from London. I remember he texted me before he got here. He was like, "Oh, is it okay if I wear fur?" Yeah, because like you can't wear fur. In you can't wear fur in London because people will think you're like super rich and like mug you or they'll throw paint at you. Oh wow! He literally asked, "Can I wear fur in New York?" And you were like, "Yeah." Yeah, I, was like, yeah, I mean, it still is like a little. You never know what people people are gonna think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no one's gonna like attack you. It's never like, oh my god, am I gonna get robbed or mugged? It's more of like, are they gonna think that? Le- are they gonna like send PETA after me? Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean, or think that yeah. like I'm not. Whilst they like trot around in their leather shoes with their leather. Exactly. Exactly. I think the whole anti fur thing is it's so ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like also, especially because I feel like a lot of people get their furs secondhand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, like I don't. That's the most sustainable way to shop secondhand. Yeah. So much great stuff here already. Like, just go find it. Yeah, I was actually I was at an event recently. It was for um, Vestiaire Collective and My Teresa, and they're doing this really interesting partnership where. I think it's that basically if you buy something on my Teresa now, you can uh, like at any time or whatever, you can actually send it back to them and invest here and, and you'll get um, my Teresa credits immediately. So you don't have to like wait to sell it. I don't know how good like the payout is, but it's basically like immediate. Well, that's cool. Payment and like in my Teresa credit, and it's vestiaire. It's sold through vestiaire. That's cool. And so it's like authentic, obviously, and and whatnot. And so I think so many people are leaning into this. Like I saw a th- another thing recently that Valentino is doing something with New York Vintage, mm-hmm. where which is like a vintage store in New York, where they're basically you can bring back any Valentino there, and then you get Valentino credits. That's cool. I mean, even mm-hmm. Rolex is doing their whole like refurbished watch thing, which like the watch resale market is so crazy and the fact that like rolex was now doing that is like one quelling the aftermarket but also it was like the first time ever that a luxury luxury watch brand was ever like doing like resale being a part like, of being, the being a part of the resale yeah. process yeah oh my god this is so interesting wait those were really great takes yeah and i like honestly on the lab grown diamonds when you said i would rather have an apartment in you know, New York or Miami than like to have my partner spend X amount of money on a ring that really doesn't have much value. Like the resale value on a diamond, it's shit. Yeah. So I look at it a lot different now. Wow. I may be convinced. Yeah. And like, honestly, like people are only looking at it for size and the quality and the cut are usually the same, to be honest. So it's like, (laughs) like, is is someone going to like take one of the like diamond, like little what are they called like microscopes yeah. and be like this is lab grown like they'd be a psychopath yeah. to have to do that yeah too. yeah wow oh my god my mind may be changed as a treat to our lovely listeners who have made it 
through another fantastic episode of Rich Little Broke Girls. As promised, Sabrina and Jade are going to drop their undisputed certified tip for the girls. I think you should each go individually. I know mine. I know yours. I don't know mine, though. What do you think mine Thanks. is? I think yours is you'll never regret not texting someone back. Correct. You will never regret <laughs> silence. <laughs> you will never, ever, ever regret silence. You do not, if someone, even if you know that you will never see this person again, like let's say you're ending with someone who has not put in the effort for you or whatever, you do not need to tell them that. The best, you could like send a, it could be masterfully like make them feel bad about how they're missing, whatever. You can never tell someone that they're missing out on you. You can only have them miss out on you. Yeah. And like you will, I have never regretted not texting someone. I, never. Same. The ghost is strong with this one. <laughs> the Casper is so strong. Gone in the night. Yeah. Yeah. Never regret silence. That's my answer to every. Should I text him? No. No. I guess this is not really advice, but I'm a big person in being fueled by proving a point and like proving someone wrong like I die on that I'm like you don't think that I can do this let me show you how well I'm gonna fucking do this and I think if you want like to be successful like basically anything maybe this is like a personality trait unless like a piece of advice but like I guess you can take it as a piece of advice is like let other people's doubts in you fuel you to become the best person that you can be and like use that as fuel and like fire in order to keep going and like never let anyone like bash you down because they just don't know they just don't know how good you are or like how like much fuel and fire you have in you and you just have to show them that and I think that's kind of the same thing of like almost what Jade's saying it's like be silent don't like tell them what you're gonna do show them what you're gonna do and show them what like you, they missed out on and like how much you're thriving i could not agree more just watch me like if you can say whatever yeah, you let want but like let them watch i can work i can put my head down i can work and you are gonna see me work you'll see me run circles around you and you'll be like damn she really did that. It's always so nice, you know, when you're like starting something and like people don't believe or you reach out to someone and they don't respond and like you're not going to like you're not going to follow up with them. And then you see them come around. And then they yeah. come back around. That's the other thing is like I know this is so overplayed on social media, but like be cringe. Okay? Like be cringe. Don't let anyone tell you that like and I know that sounds chewy, but like so many people were like, what are you trying to do acting like an influencer? Like, what is this cute little skincare thing that you're talking about? And like, I'm sure it gets annoying how much I talk about 4 a.m. But it's like, but it's like, who cares? Like I'm baby. running a business that I'm so happy that I'm doing. And like, we're getting national press about it and we're launching and like retailers were like nationwide. And like, it's because me and Jade were cringe. Yeah. You know, it's because we posted the video. It's because we talked about like, what we were doing it's because we struggled like no one wants to watch someone struggle yeah no one wants to watch someone with like one follower posting a bunch of shit but like it takes posting a bunch of shit when you have one follower for you to like grow your following for you to like grow your community and then people want to spin the block and they're like yeah. 
you know, can I come on your podcast? Yeah. Yeah. And like anyone that has like a successful business or a successful podcast will never look at what you're doing and be like, that's cringe because they also had to do it. Like they had to post the video, they had to do it. And so they understand like where you're going. Only the people who are like too scared to put themselves out there will like bring you down because they're like, oh, I don't want like basically to watch anyone do anything that could say that I'm not doing enough you know, or to like show my weakness that I'm not willing to put myself out there because anyone who actually is successful had to go through that, those motions and they'll celebrate you like for starting basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've also seen the, the other side of things, maybe someone that does have something successful and back to your point, like they don't believe that you can do it. So they're just like, mm, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe yeah. not. Like they don't think they don't know that you have it in you. They don't know that you could actually get the job done and like you could thrive and, and, and supersede whatever their expectations are. And then those same people will come around because they're like, oh, shit, she actually had it in her. Yeah, yeah. I do. So I yeah, love all, all the all the girlies that reached out to us after the launch was uh, a funny one. I'll just, oh. put, I'll just leave you with that. Ah, that's the best. It's the best. It's the best. Well, Tell the ladies, you know, where they can keep up with you. If you have any plans coming up that you want the girls to keep note of, what's going on at 4 a.m.? We are the number 4 a.m. skin on all socials, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, even Lemonade, which I'm trying to figure out what the hell that app is. Uh, story for another time. Sab say it on Instagram. Mine is Jade Beglin, J-A-D-E-B-E-G-U-E-L-I-N. Oh, she spelled it. Um, also on, on TikTok. And as for 4AM, you can get it at 4AMSkin.com. And soon other places. Yeah, and soon other places. Well, ladies, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Like, there's a lot here. I can't wait to just sit with this episode. I'm so proud of both of you guys. You guys have absolutely crushed this game this skincare game um and you're just only going to continue to do great things and i can't wait to just watch i cannot wait and i'm always here to support you however and thanks for supporting me it means a lot seriously Hi, ladies. Don't forget to meet me back here next Wednesday for a new episode of Rich Little Broke Girls. Subscribe, rate, leave me a review. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next week.